Martial arts legend Bruce Lee said these words, do not pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. Yes, easy is good. Yes, easy is comfortable. But it is very rare that easy produces anything of value. You, my friend, were created and destined to produce something of value. So yes, there may be difficult days ahead, but be encouraged. You are not alone. Welcome to The Edge, folks. Let's get sharp. Have you ever had a moment of clarity when you realized I'm grown? Just recently, I had that same moment. Uh, the light bulb goes off. Angels descended from heaven and the Holy One reveals to me. He says, sir, you are, in fact, an adult. Bills come to my house in my name and they come to a house that I pay rent at. I go to work. I earn an income. I'm responsible for feeding and clothing myself. I have a wife. I got married. I, I, I decided to take this person along on this journey with me and she accepted. If there is any problems or situations that arise in my life, I'm the one who has to take care of those. If there is a child in my immediate vicinity that says, I need an adult, there's a good chance that they're talking about me. Side note. I need everyone to understand on this call that being grown means putting childish things aside. Having fun is not childish. Making jokes is not childish. Going on vacation is not childish. I was taught that there is a time and a place for everything under the sun that's out of Ecclesiastes. Being grown or mature is the understanding of what time, when, and what place, where. I was taught that everything is permissible, but not everything is expedient. So just because I can do something, doesn't mean I should do something. Being grown or childish has more to do with decision-making than anything else. If you think about it, Esau was a grown man when he made the choice to give up his whole entire birthright for a bowl of stew. And Jesus was 12 when he chose to be about his father's business. Grown folks stop and think before they make decisions. And then once they make a decision, then they take action and they execute on that decision. Children react to their feelings as they feel them. So when a child gets upset, then they go off immediately. When a child gets sad, then they start crying and they break down immediately. An adult has the facility, has the faculties to take in these emotions, process them, and then decide what they're going to do. Since this revelation of mine, of my uh, grownness, I'm beginning to embrace me. I'm not changing myself around different people. I'm realizing that I am who I am. I am the man that God created me. I look the way God decided and wanted me to look, and I need to work through life in this manner. I'm not perfect. I act like my father sometimes. I get angry. I love God. I'm anointed. I'm gifted. I have a work to complete. And that's not just a message for myself. That's a message for any and everybody who will, will hear this message that God created you for you. And he created you for such a time as this. And he created you because he needed you. 
it is past time for us to embrace our purpose and talks and start taking steps towards and towards completing that purpose we need to stay ready you should always be ready to give account for the hope that is within you first point it's time for us to quit making excuses god will not put more on you than what you can bear that passage goes for tests and trials a lot of times that's the only time we use it god's not going to put more issues and more problems and more tests and more trials on us than what we can handle or bear and then when we when it does get too much when it got, does get to be overwhelming then he's going to provide a way of escape but we have to look at god as a caring father we have to look at god as as somebody who loves us and cares about every aspect of our lives so it's just not tests and trials. Our God is not going to bless us. He's not going to give us more success. He's not going to give us more finances. He's not going to ask us to do anything that is going to tax us to the point. Sorry, press pause. So God will not put more on us than what we can bear. So I need everybody to repeat after me. I trust that you're going to say it um, wherever you are. I need you to say these words. I can handled it i can handle it because i am not alone say it one more time i can handle it because i am not alone he that has begun a greater work in you is faithful to perform it until the day of christ jesus he started it and he has also dedicated himself to performing it until its completion so stop making excuses moses made the excuse that i can't talk and god told him who made your mouth it was presented to timothy that he had a ministry and he was concerned about how young he was and paul told him despise not your youth isaiah when he met the king of glory he fell down on his knees and said god i'm unclean and god took a coal from the from the altar and put it against his lips and said now you are clean so go and do what i asked you to do so stop making excuses we see through all throughout the scriptures every time god calls somebody the first thing they do is say i can't and they give the reasons why they can't and god does away with all of those reasons does away with all those excuses empowers them anoints them and allows them to execute the purpose that he has set for them to execute point number two use your voice if you have a pen and paper that would be a good time a good thing to write down use your voice if you want to you can write use my voice make it personal talk to yourself in this moment use my voice we've got to stop being so afraid to speak up and speak out let the redeemed of the lord say so the power of life and death is in the tongue a man's belly will be filled by the fruit of his lips. Speak to this mountain and it will be removed. But I have to put emphasis on your voice. God gave the world you. God gave this world you. We are pulling from the same source. So let, let that be clear. One spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of us all. We're pulling from the same word. We're pulling from the same spirit. The same God is inspiring and empowering and anointing all of us. But when we filter it through our individual experiences, when we filter it, uh, utilizing our quirks, our idiosyncrasies, our swag, it will grab the attention of a certain group of people and pull them into relationship with God. So in order for us to become all things, 
things to all men that we might save some that doesn't necessarily mean that you as an individual have to change and shift in every group and every crowd just so that you can grab a few people but if you are authentically you if you are authentically and 100% the person that God created, then as a tribe, we'll be able to gather in more because the people that I can touch may not necessarily be the people that you can touch. The people that understand me and my quirks and my idiosyncrasies and the way that I think and the way that I talk may not necessarily be attracted to or are here or understand the way that you uh, dictate and the way that you understand and the way that you speak. But together as a family, if we are if we are authentically ourselves and we reach the people that we can reach, then we can pull them all in. When I last spoke about the odd way that I think and joke and speak, there are certain groups of people that are going to that, that the way I joke and the way I speak, that that's going to make sense to. They're going to understand it and they will and that will bring them in. Point number three, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Two of the most powerful words ever spoken by a human being are the words me too. As we are staying ready to live out our purpose, recognize that as we minister, it won't always be a scripture that gets the breakthrough. It won't always be a powerful prayer that gets the breakthrough. Sometimes it's going to be your story that gets to the heart of the matter. Them knowing and understanding that you've gone through what they are currently going through is going to be what it takes to bring them in. If they understand that you've gone through what they're going through and you made it out, then that's going to attract them. That's going to get their attention. That me too. I've gone through depression and anxiety and I'm still here. Another reason to speak out is because you don't look like what you've been through. So if you don't speak on it, nobody will know. <laughs> I know some of us would prefer it like that, that nobody knows my business, nobody knows my past, nobody knows my history, nobody knows the stupid and dumb decisions that I made, nobody knows the mistakes and the people that I've that I've hurt along the way or the people that have hurt me along the way. And, and it, it's just better to be hidden like that, to be clothed like that. But you have to realize that God has done and will do such a work of healing, such a work of deli deliverance and such a work of restoration that you will be unrecognizable by the end of him. Let's think about it like this. Let's go through the scripture. There was this dude named Job and he literally lost everything, his herds, his cattle, all of his wealth even his children and his health. But God blessed him with double what he lost by the end of the story. So he doesn't look like he lost everything in the midst of it. He looks twice as rich as he's ever been before. The three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we understand that they went through a situation where the king asked them to bow down to a statue that wasn't God. So of course they refused. They refused to bow down to a statue and they were thrown into a fiery furnace that was heated seven times hotter than it should have been. So hot that the guards that actually threw them into the furnace died just from being close to it. But all three of them walked out of that furnace and didn't even smell like smoke. Daniel, another prophet, was thrown into a den of lions in Believe me, these lions were hungry because that's how it worked. It was it was a torture pit. It was it was a, a murder device. So they kept the lions hungry so that when they threw somebody in there, they would definitely die because the lions would rip them apart. And fun fact about lions, their tongues 
are like sandpaper. So when they're done ripping you apart, they can literally lick the meat off the bones. So it shouldn't have been no Daniel left by the end of it, okay? Daniel should have been gone. It should have been a pile of licked clean bones, but he walked out of there without a scratch on him. Let's talk about Jesus's ministry. D Jesus healed and delivered and brought people back from death. But one of the things that he heals a lot in throughout scripture was leprosy. And, and on a regular, he healed people that had leprosy. And leprosy is a skin condition that covers your whole entire body with boils and sores. So it literally looks like your flesh is like falling off of your bone. It's dis disgusting, it's gross, and you would literally be unrecognizable as a person if you had this condition. And Jesus healed it multiple times during the scripture, which means he put brand new clean skin on them so they would look completely different than they did before. Even Jesus himself, has the same testimony when he was beaten, when he was whipped. They whipped him so bad that he was unrecognizable as a human being. Yet when he was restored, the only scars that he had were the scars that marked his hands and the scar that marked his side from where he was stabbed. And the only reason he kept those scars was so that it could be a testament to that God could restore and God could heal and God could deliver. So just think about it. What if Job didn't talk? What if the story of the three Hebrew boys had never left that area? What if Daniel kept it to himself? What if all those lepers that God healed, that Jesus healed, had just moved on to, with their lives? Who would know about God's grace? Who would know about God's power? Who would know how good he is, how faithful he is, how worthy he is of praise and honor and glory? Miranda Curtis penned the words, who wouldn't serve a God like this? Now, evidently, I'm not trying to give Miranda Curtis's testimony, but evidently she's been through something. Evidently, God had to pull her out of something. Evidently, she went through something that only God could do and God did it. So for her, this is a rhetorical question. For her, she was being facetious and sarcastic. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? Because her, she's fully convinced that God is good. She's fully con convinced that God can do it. She's fully convinced that God has all power and all authority over any and every situation in her life. But there's somebody who's not convinced. There's somebody out there who this is a legit question. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? And the answer is the people that wouldn't serve a God like this is the people that don't know him. And another scary revelation is these people don't know because you and I haven't told them. One day people will speak of you in the way that Satan spoke about Job. When Satan presented himself in the court, in the presence of God, God said, have you considered Job? And Satan said, of course, of course, he's going to praise you. Of course, he's going to worship you. Of course, he's going to honor you. Look how much you blessed him. Look at all the herds and the cattle that you've blessed him with. Look at all the riches and wealth that you've blessed him with. Look at all the good health and the, and the large family that you've blessed him with. Of course you would serve him. And that's how people are going to look at you one day. They're going to say, look how, look how blessed she is. Look how financially stable he is. Look how great he is and, and all the things that he's accomplished. Of course he would serve God. Of course he would worship God. But look at me. Look at where I am. Look at where God has left me destitute and broken and relaxed relationshipless and, 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 and messed up. So why would I serve a God like that? And your response will be, God can do it. 
because I wasn't always like this. Your response will be your testimony. Your response will be your story of how God blessed you, of how God saw you in your dismay, of how God saw you in your mess, of how God saw you in your foolishness and he did not leave you there. You cried out unto the Lord and he answered your cry and he came out and he came down and he saved you and he rescued you and he pulled you out of the miry clay and he set your feet upon the rock and he loved you and he restored you and he healed you and he gave you everything that you needed so that you could be a witness to somebody else and you'll be able to respond just like that so i'm done i'm finished but i'm going to say this last thing before i get up out of here and i love you all did you know that eagles can walk yes it's true that beautiful eagle that we see soaring on high can actually walk. They have fully functioning legs and feet. They can walk on the ground. They can make their nest on the ground. They can produce eggs and children and offspring on the ground. They can find all of the food that they need to survive on the ground. They can live a perfectly uh, uh, regular life on the ground. So that lets me know two things that I want to share with you. Number one, just because you can does not necessarily mean that you should. Just because the eagle can walk and operate and live its entire life on the ground doesn't mean that that's necessarily the best thing for the eagle to do. We have to understand that that eagle's purpose is to soar. That eagle's purpose is to fly high. That eagle's pur pur purpose is to live amongst the clouds. And the second thing that I need everybody to understand is that you can live your entire life without truly living out your purpose. Please understand that it is a part of that eagle's purpose to fly. And every moment that it spends on the ground, it is not living up to its purpose and it is not fully glorifying the God that created it. And I don't want any of that for you. I want you guys to live your purpose. I want you guys to be everything that God has truly anointed and called for you to be. So right now I'm begging you on behalf of the entire world, on behalf of the people that might be able to hear your voice and be saved and come into the fold, on behalf of the king of glory, on behalf of the kingdom of God and the world at large, I'm begging you, leap up off the ground and fly like you know you should. I love you and I'll see you in the next one. What is up, good people? This is Mike Savage, and I wanted to come on and personally thank you for listening to my podcast. Do me a favor. If you enjoyed it, give it five stars. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. If you want to keep up with my content, follow me on Instagram at Razor's Edge underscore podcast and on Facebook at Savage Lifestyle Solutions. If you want to reach me or book me to speak, reach out to me by my email address, michaelsavagespeaks at gmail.com. I love you and I look forward to hearing from you. For I know what plans I have in mind for you, says Adonai. Plans for well-being, not for bad things, so that you can have a hope in a future. When you call to me and pray to me, I will listen to you. When you seek me, you will find me. 
provided you seek me wholeheartedly, and I will let you find me, says Adonai. That's Jeremiah 29, 11, 11 through 14. If you believe like I believe, then you know you take passages and scriptures like that to heart, especially in days like today where there's so much confusion, there's so much stuff going on. It is good to have the faith and belief that somebody has a plan, that somebody is looking out for you. So please take that passage to heart and just know that God understands, God knows you, God loves you, and God has a plan for your life. I love you and I need you to remember something for me. You are not a mistake. You, friends, you family, are solutions. I love you and I'll see you on the next one.